today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Obviously, this weekend, uh, new restrictions going into uh, place in regard to air travel, uh, that those that are returning must pr- uh, provide proof of a uh, recent negative COVID-19 test within uh, 72 hours of their scheduled return home. So the issue is some places where people are returning from do not have uh, the testing capability uh, that we do. So that's obviously uh, presenting a problem. Also, when you think about it, uh, if you go away, normally you try to get travel insurance. Uh, but can you even get that now? And how much is it? Let's bring in uh, Will McAleer. And Will is from Travel Health Insurance Association of Canada and on the line now. Will, thanks for the time. I hope you're doing well. Doing very well. Thanks for having me in, Scott. So before we even get to uh, what you have to do now in testing, uh, how difficult it is? How difficult is it now for uh, Canadians to get travel insurance if they did want to go somewhere? Well, you can get travel insurance pretty easily by you know whether it's with your your travel agent when you're booking it or online or through an advisor. The trick is to ensure the type of coverage that you're getting. So there's been lots of talk about a special COVID cover. You want to make sure you're asking the right questions about what you're going to be covered for. So, for example, you could think that you're being covered, but there might be a, a an asterisk there that says, as long as it doesn't involve COVID-19, which could j- greatly change the discussion. Well, one of the things that could be within a policy is, as long as you're not traveling against a Level 3 travel advisory, and of course, there is a level three travel advisory in effect right now. So there are many plans that will still allow for cover even during uh, this time when there is a travel advisory up. So you want to make sure that that's not in play with your travel policy. And then you want to make sure that uh, the amount that you're being covered for is going to be adequate. So uh, there are policies that are out there for lower amounts. There are others that will go, you know, a million dollars in. Make sure you're comfortable with that level that's being provided. So uh, obviously we've heard, and especially over the holidays, uh, health officials, politicians, what have you, leaders telling us to stay home and not travel, but it was pretty obvious that people were uh, traveling on vacation and such. So where, as of today, can we travel? Where can we go? Because I think most think that we're restricted in some way. What what can we do? Yeah, you know what? I, I think since, uh, heck, since March, since this all began, you know, when is a border closing not really a border closing? Yeah. And clearly we've seen lots of people able to still cross over even at the land border, but more more appropriately, uh, the, that they can fly out and that uh, the Canadian government isn't really stopping everyone. It's not necessarily legal to do that. So people still can go. Um, the question right now is, okay, I'm away on my trip or I'm thinking about taking the trip what am I going to need to do before I'm going to be allowed back in? And clearly getting a test, a negative test within a certain period prior to your return is mandatory now. And we've seen some exceptions very recently because of the adequacy of testing facilities and in, in particularly down in Jamaica was one of them. And uh, up on the, um, the Travel uh, Canada uh, website, the advisory has been updated. So you'll see it vary, whether it's 72 hours before you come back in. Within that window, you have to have a negative test. In some places, it's 96 hours. In the case of Jamaica, they've made a blanket temporary exception uh, that you can still come back uh, without that, uh, that negative test up until January 18th. 
So um, how consistent is all of this testing? If you're getting tested in another country, does it mean the same as getting tested here? Well, especially when you consider um, the individuals who will be looking at the adequacy of that test will be likely a representative of the airline. It's really tough to say whether or not those those tests are going to be uh, the type that we would expect in, in Canada. And then beyond that, even if you do test negative, what, what we're seeing is certainly the studies are showing you could test positive tomorrow and not have any other encounter with anyone. Mm. So right there, what that means is if you're coming back or if you're deciding I'm going to travel, take all the precautions you can because there could be someone on that flight who either hasn't been tested, right, in the case of Jamaican flights, for instance, or for, for whom they may still be transmitting uh, COVID. They could be positive and just it, it showed up on the test that they were negative. So assume that there might be others who are traveling with you who could be spreading. Make sure you're wearing the mask. Make sure you're taking every single precaution necessary. How has this complicated travel for those wanting to come back? Are there those that are stuck in other areas because they cannot get a test? Well, I've certainly seen stories about people stuck, people who can't get these tests because, let's face it, uh, the government uh, felt they needed to act fast. And as a result, this, this all came in within about a week. Uh, so you've got people who might be away. Maybe they did hear. Maybe they didn't hear about the notification. If they heard, maybe it was a little closer and they had to rush a test. So, yes, there are people who, who are having troubles getting tests. Um, beyond that, uh, there's the cost associated with it. Did you budget for the fact that you would need to pay, you know, $100, $200 or more for a test uh, before you came back? And what happens if you can't get those results and they deny your boarding? You then are faced with the, the additional costs of room and boarding and things like that associated with the travel delay, all while hoping that your airline provider will simply move that flight for you and not charge you additional fees for, uh, for having to rebook. So if you have tested and you're admitted, you get on the plane and you fly back, do you still have to quarantine? So the quarantine measures are still in effect. So yes, you would need to. And if they've made an exception for you not to have that negative test before boarding, uh, in all likelihood, you'd probably have to have that done when you get back. If you're flying into Pearson, you know, as of uh, January 6th, a new program allowing for for testing. So it could be convenient and probably cost-effective to do that. But yes, you're still going to need to quarantine. And in fact, you're going to need to have a quarantine plan. You're going to need to register on the uh, the Government of Canada application as well, uh, because they're going to want to keep close tabs on you when you do come back. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. How does this compare what we're doing? How does that compare to other international airports, other places around the world, what we're doing? For, for quite some time or early on in, in this time we've been in, in, in COVID, uh, many destinations have required uh, negative tests prior to arriving at destinations. And that's why... Um, heck, even within Canada, we can see a number of, um, of pharmacies, for instance, that will offer uh, testing if you're if you're not symptomatic and you want to get it for the purpose of travel. Uh, they'll they'll allow you to get the test for that purpose, and they'll they'll give you a turnaround time. 
uh, so on and so forth. So it is in line, and some would say it's it's kind of about time that the Canadian government is taking steps, because let's face it too, it's not just with returning Canadians, uh, but it's also with any other visitors to Canada. We want to make sure that this, the, the idea is that the government wants to make sure that uh, they're not going to be coming in and then transmitting it to uh, to Canadians once they're here. Are you surprised by the numbers that are still traveling? Uh, you know, obviously, there's a Leger poll out uh, just after the holiday that said 48% uh, didn't stay within their, their family circle uh, and, and met with others and such. We certainly know the situations with uh, politicians and people of profile uh, that were traveling. Uh, I know even anecdotally, my son, uh, over the holidays, pulled up a Snapchat and he, he said, look, Dad, there's people everywhere. There's people in the U.S. There's people in Florida. There's people in India. There's people in Dubai. There's people all over the place from his class. Are you surprised at the amount of people that still are traveling? Well, we did a uh, survey. So the Travel Health Insurance Association did a survey um, of travel intentions. And one of the things that we saw quite clearly, there is a significant pent-up demand for travel insurance. It's not, not just travel insurance, but travel in general. And, you know, the further the temperature goes down, the travel intentions tend to go up as people want to get away from it. A little surprised that so many people are promoting that once they are away, knowing that there is a government direction saying only essential travel. And, you know, they've, you know, they've clearly done a, a weighing and saying, look, a, a beach trip is, is, is something that is, is absolutely necessary for me. Uh, a little surprise there, but when we saw 80% of uh, Canadians planning to travel in 2021, um, there's a pent-up demand and people want to still go away. Uh, one of the other things that surprised us was that um, about 25% of individuals uh, admitted that they would knowingly declare falsely on a medical declaration if it meant something like not being able to board a flight. So in other words, they would not declare mm-hmm. symptoms of COVID, for instance, if they had them, if it meant that it would just get them home. So again, caution for those who are traveling, take the precautions and know that there, there still is risk, even if you think people have either been tested or gone through medical screening before they get on that plane. How concerned are you about the spread through air travel? whether it's at an airport or in a plane itself or just the process of going to and fro? Well, a lot of the statistics are saying that the, the ability for air, I'm certainly not the expert on it, but, uh, but the, the ability for, for air to be transferred and for uh, exposure to be limited is, is a lot less than I think a lot of people think about. Um, the, the area where it gets more concerning is, okay, what happens if you get away and you really do get sick? What happens then in terms of the capabilities at destination for the healthcare that you need, right? So you may get down there safe and sound, but you may get down to an area where uh, either there aren't significant medical infrastructure in place, or if there is, if it's already being overrun because the case counts are significantly higher as we're seeing them go up everywhere. So that would be more of the broad concern as opposed to can I take really strong precautions for, let's say, a three-hour flight down to Florida to get me down into the sun? Am I that concerned about that? You could probably make your way through. You've got the, the added risk of airports and then the ongoing risk of what happens if it really does go wrong. 
that would be the largest concern I'd have. So once we get to the point of max va- uh, mass vaccination, once we get to the point where things uh, are looking better, uh, do you think people will be hesitant to travel, or do you think they're just so pent up, man, like good luck getting a flight once this is all over? Yeah, according to the statistics, it is, it is very much that way. We're going to travel, and we're going to go experience all the things that we've missed. Um, that, could take, that could take some time. But there will come a time in, you know, probably the not too distant future where it will then start to take on a, a matter of maybe you've got a number of, of communities now who are who get vaccine, uh, get the vaccine. And then you've got the, the point where, OK, now I'm going to make an informed risk decision based on my tolerance. Do I think can I can I make sure that I'm taking the precautions along the way? Maybe I've got a little less concern that when I come back, I'd be in, you know, maybe infecting family members who are in the more vulnerable communities. So I think that there, there will be those types of discussions to be had. Uh, but for, for right now, the risk remains. What could happen on the ground when you actually do go and travel? And that would be the, the largest of concern. So that, that then comes back to Make sure that if you are doing that, that you do have that proper insurance product that is going to look after you based on those needs. Will McAleer from the Travel Health Insurance Association of Canada talking with us in regard to the testing uh, that you now have to have if you are traveling and just generally uh, how the industry is faring and may fare post-COVID-19. Will, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Be well. Thanks, Scott. You too. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.